little racy. I don't know what that says about me. Maybe I'm out of shape or something. I am sweating. So if I sound out of breath, that's why. Lots of dancing. I'm glad you guys all participated. Thank you for dancing with us. Um, tonight we are going to keep going with the parables. Um, so if you're here the last couple weeks, we've been going through parables. Um, and today we're going to talk about the lost sheep parable. Is anybody familiar with the lost sheep parable? Few. Okay, great. Um, so we are going to talk about that. But before we get into it, we're going to watch a little movie clip. And then it will get us thinking about what's to come. He isn't a good swimmer, and I just think it's a little too soon for him to be out here unsupervised. Well, I can assure you, he's quite safe with me. Look, I'm sure he is. But you have a large class, and he can get lost, you know, from sight if you're not looking. No, I'm not saying you're not looking. Oh, my gosh! Nemo's swimming out the sea! <gasps> Nemo! What do you think you're doing? You're gonna get stuck out there, and I'm gonna have to get you before another fish does. Get back here now! Stop! You take one more move, mister. Don't, don't you dare! If you put one fin on that boat, are you listening to me? Don't touch the boat. Nemo! Don't touch the boat. You just pounded your little tail right back here, Nemo. That's right. You were in big trouble, young man. Do you hear me? about the lost sheep, right? And Nemo is one of those characters that we see um, gets lost, right? He gets separated from his dad, Marlin. How do you guys think Nemo felt? Scared. Scared? Lost. Lost. Any other words to describe Nemo? Maybe he felt like a Maybe alone? Yeah. How do you think Marlin felt? His dad. What was that? Annoyed, yeah. Disappointed. Maybe he was sad, right? Yeah. Regretful? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of feelings. Yeah. Yeah, we know Marlin, right, is now, has no idea where Nemo is, right? Nemo is somewhere out in the ocean. The ocean is huge, right? There's so many places that he could be. I think they end up finding an address. Does anybody know the address? Wallaby Way. <laughs> yeah, she beat you to it. Um, yeah, right, he goes on this journey, and we know that he um, had a hard time being separated, right? His only son was taken away, and he went on this journey to go and find him. He went to go rescue his son. 
So we are going to open our Bibles to Luke 15. Um, we're going to start in verse 1. So if you have your Bibles or you have the phone app, you can go ahead and open to Luke 15. It will also be on the screens here. Um, and then we're going to hear a little bit of um, this passage, and then we're going to go into the parable of the lost sheep. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So let's talk a little bit about the context in this story, right? We have three groups of people that open this passage. We see three people in here. We're going to break down who they are and why they're significant um, to the story. So the first one is the tax collectors. Um, these were Jews who worked for the Roman Empire. Um, they collected taxes from people, and they had a re reputation for charging more than required. Right? They were money hungry. They didn't care about people. They wanted that personal wealth. They wanted that gain. They pocketed the extra money, um, and they were despised by everyone in Israel. These are the people that you don't want to associate with. They are hated. Um, they kind of betrayed their people. They're even banned from going into the synagogue, which basically they're banned from going to church because they kind of turned their back on their people. And um, so these were like the people you didn't want to be around. So that was the first was the tax collectors. The other word we see in here is sinners. And this is just a collective term to describe anybody besides the tax collectors who didn't want anything to do with God, um, who wanted to live life on their own, and they're making bad decisions. So this is kind of a collective term. They lumped the tax collectors and the sinners. The third group of people we see here and I kind of lumped them together, is the Pharisees. We also see the scribes. Um, the Pharisees were Jewish leaders in Jesus' time. They were the religious, and they were educated in the scriptures. They were educated in the law, um, which kind of told Jewish people what they could and couldn't do. Um, the scribes kind of kept the books, um, and they helped the Pharisees. Um, and these, this group of people was a very self-righteous group of people. They were judgmental. They kind of thought highly of themselves, and they judged others. And so you see, in this beginning of this parable, before Jesus starts to tell the story, he is talking um, and teaching, and sinners and tax collectors are just flocking to him. The people that were despised, the people that were kind of pushed out, were just flocking to hear Jesus, to hear him teach. Um, and he welcomed them. He welcomed them into this presence. Um, and sometimes he would go to their houses to share a meal with them. Like, during that time, that was just not heard of. Like, who wants to, who wants to eat dinner with a tax collector? Um, but Jesus invited them, and he welcomed them. And um, we see that the third group of people, the Pharisees and scribes, were grumbling. We saw in that passage. They were upset. They did not understand what Jesus was doing. How dare he spend time with them? Um, they're not worthy to come up and to, to hear this. Um, but in reality, um, they were blind to their own sins in their life, right? They were self-righteous. They were prideful, um, and we see that this is actually the third group of sinners in this passage. So think about that as we start to listen to this story, because um, we know Je Jesus' ministry. We know that he came not to please man, right, not to please the Pharisees or to please anybody, but to seek and save the lost. That was Jesus' mission, and he came to bridge the reconciliation between us and God, um, and Jesus inviting all of these groups of people, the sinners, the tax collectors, the Pharisees and scribes, to be near is the picture of God's heart. Um, this is what God's about. And we'll see that Jesus seeks after all three groups of people through this parable. All right, everyone tracking? We know who everyone is in the story? Great. Okay, so, right, Jesus hears the Pharisees grumbling. He sees the flock of people coming, and he goes to tell the story. And, right, we know parables are lessons, um, and so Jesus starts with the story of the lost sheep. And so if you follow along behind me, we'll go through the story. 
So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country, and goes after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. All right, so we're going to break down this parable. There's a lot going on in there, but we're going to break it down. So the first thing we see is that there's a sheep that gets lost. Did everyone get that part? We know that there's a sheep that gets lost. Um, And I hope you guys are tracking with this, and we are going to call that sheep Larry. I have a, a sheep up here to demonstrate. So this is Larry, okay? Yes, he's very cute. Um, we'll call him Lost Larry, okay? So this is the sheep that um, gets lost. Does anybody have a sheep at home? Yeah. You guys have sheep at home? What, what are sheep like? If you could describe a sheep. They're very lazy. Lazy? White, are they fluffy and cute? Are they fluffy and cute? No? Lambs are cute? I'm getting a lot of... (laughs) All right. Right, we have these ideas of sheep. We see sheep, we see the cute little white coats, they're adorable, right? You might see little lambs. But, (laughs) delicious? Okay, that's one word to describe them. (laughs) Um... All right. <laughs> okay, reality is that sheep are super dirty, right? They don't get bass. They're pretty gross. Um, they are covered in insects, right? Insects love to be in their wool, so you don't really want to snuggle them. Um, and they're not the smartest animal, surprisingly. Yeah, they're not the brightest animal. Um, they need a lot of help. Um, they like to wander off, and they like to get in trouble. So sheep are kind of just doing their own thing, they see some grass over there, like, oh, I'm going to eat this grass, and they see some more grass, and then before they know it, they have no idea where they are, right? They just, they just wander off. They have no GPS, they don't know how to get back. Um, That is just kind of in the nature of sheep. Um, They often get injured, so they're kind of beat up from all their um, dumb decisions, right? They get caught in different things, and briars, and things like that, and they can't find their way back. They also can't protect themselves. Sheep have no form of protection. Um, Actually, I was looking at it, and apparently sheep will shake when they get scared. They just shake, or they just sit down. Right? If a wolf's coming, they're just going to either shake, or they're going to sit down. They don't really know what to do. They're not that bright. Um, So, because of that, what? (laughs) Because of that, um, they need some help. All right, so we, we are following the parable. There's a lost sheep, sheep named Larry, and there is a shepherd searching. So that's the next part we see in this parable. Um, does anybody know a shepherd? Anybody know of a shepherd? You guys know some shepherds? Wow, I'm impressed. Yeah, I didn't know people, I didn't know people still shepherd, actually. Um, I was in Croatia a couple months ago, and I saw a flock of sheep being shepherded by a woman, and she had a cane, and she was just, they were just frolicking in the field. It was so cute, and I didn't even know that shepherds still existed, really. I know there's, like, farms and stuff, but um, so we're going to talk about what a shepherd is for this story. Are we all tracking? All right, so shepherd, shepherding was a super common occupation. 
Just like we have other occupations today, we have doctors, we have firefighters, we have all kinds of things. Shepherding was a really common occupation. Um, and some of the big names in the Bibles, like Abraham, like Moses, King David, they were all shepherds. Um, and there is a shepherd and there's a hired help. So if someone had a flock of sheep, and sometimes goats, they would either be the shepherd or they would hire someone. And the shepherds are the caretakers. Um, they give them commands, kind of like a dog. They give them commands. They give them each a name, which is really important. So they know each sheep gets their own name. And they care for all their needs, whether they need protection, whether they need water. Um, how many people take care of their dog? Do you guys feed it? Right? If a, bear, if a bear was coming after your dog, what would you guys do? Just leave it? You just run away? Does anybody really love their animals at home? Yes. Yeah. All right. All right, bring it back in. I'm glad you guys all really love your animals. Um, so shepherds risked their lives to protect their flock, and they watched over the sheep at night. They actually laid there by the pen to protect their sheep. Do you guys sleep with your dogs in their, de in their bed to protect them sometimes? Okay, shepherds, shepherds are actually in the pen with their sheep at night, keeping an eye on them. Um, they took him out to graze during the day, and the flock, the sheep, knew the voice of the shepherd. Okay, they would only listen to their shepherd, not someone else who came in and started to call them. They knew their shepherd's voice. Um, and good, she good shepherds did whatever they it took to keep their flock safe. Um, they cared about them. All right, so we see there's a lost sheep, there's a shepherd searching, and um, the next thing we do is the shepherd finds the lost sheep. And we see that um, in the parable. And we see that the, the shepherd has a lot of sheep in his flock. Do you guys remember how many? A hundred. A hundred. Yeah. <laughs> you got to do the math. You got to do the math there. Okay. There's a hundred sheep. That's a lot of sheep, right? That's a lot of sheep. Um, and one of those sheep gets lost. One out of 99. Um, and the shepherd didn't, ha didn't leave the 99 unsafe, right? He left them in the pen or with another shepherd. But... He went after that one, the one he knew by name, the one that mattered to him. He wanted all 100, not just 99. He could have been like, oh, that's fine. No, but he cared about that sheep. Um, and that's what a good shepherd does, is that he cares for his sheep. He's not going to leave them abandoned. Um, and it's not because of duty that he's doing that. It's because of affection. It's because he cares and he loves those sheep individually. Um, and because they're not the brightest animals, like we talked about, they need a lot of help, right? They need a good shepherd. They need someone that's going to go after them, and that's going to find them, that's going to go to the ends of the earth, just like Marlin is going to cross the water, the ocean, and do whatever it takes to find his son, which we'll see in a minute. They need a good shepherd. Um, and so from this parable, if you haven't already picked up on it, um, Jesus is like that shepherd, so in that parable, Jesus, the shepherd is Jesus. And we see in John 10, 11 through 16, we see Jesus talk about that. It should be on the screens. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees them because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. 
just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd, and if you haven't picked up on it, we are the sheep, right? The shepherd and the sheep. Um, I'm a sheep, Nick's a sheep, Luke back there's a sheep, there's two Lukes, both of them are sheeps, um, and unfortunately we don't get to pick a cool animal, we don't get to be like a lion or anything, but there's significance in that. Um, like sheep, we tend to all wander off, right? We try to live life on our own, apart from God. We like to... to um, chase things after the world, um, we sin, we make poor decisions, um, we, we are in desperate need of someone who can guide us, someone who loves us, someone who gives us grace and cares for us, um, and Jesus is that good shepherd for us. Um, he seeks to save the lost, like we talked about, and he laid his life down for us, and we see that in this passage. He cares deeply for every single person. He cares for the 99, and he cares for the one, like we see in the parable. He cares for both the ones in the flock that are following him and the ones who aren't. Jesus teaches this parable to help us understand this, um, this lesson. The Pharisees saw Jesus breaking bread with the lost, and they forgot how remarkable it was to be found, right? They thought they were in the pen, that they were um, doing things right, that they didn't need um, God's grace. Um, as religious leaders listened, um, you know, they counted themselves. They're like, I... I'm in, I'm in the safe, I'm in the 99, I'm not that one person, but they too were sinners, and they were lost, and they needed to search their own hearts, um, and they were uh, prideful, um, and yet whether in the pen or gone astray, the good shepherd deeply loves his sheep, all of them, and Jesus never gives up on anyone. So we see the character of the shepherd, we know God's character, we know that Jesus um, laid down his life that he loves and cares for each one of us, wherever we are, whether we're in the 99 or we feel like that one who is lost. Um, and Jesus is willing to do whatever it takes to find you. Um, and we're going to finish a little bit of Nemo's story, and we're going to see the journey that Marlon goes to find his lost son. I'm here. Oh boy, this is going to be good, I can tell. And my son, Nemo, he was mad at me. And maybe he wouldn't have done it if I hadn't been so tough on him. I don't know. Anyway, he swam out in the open water to this boat, and when he was out there, these divers appeared, and I, I tried to stop them, but, but the boat was too fast, so we swam out in the ocean to follow him. We couldn't stop him! And then Nemo's dad, he swims out to the ocean, and they bump into the three three ferocious sharks. sharks! He scares away the sharks by blowing them up! Golly, that's amazing! And then dives thousands of feet straight, straight down, down into the dock. It's like wicked dock down there. You can't see a thing. Let's go, Bob. And the only thing I can see down there is down this big, horrible creature with razor sharp Nice carrier, man. And then he has to blast his way. Crossing the ocean for days on the East Australian current. Which means that he may be on his way here right now. That just put him in Sydney Harbour in a matter of days. I mean, it sounds like this guy's gonna stop at nothing. Nothing till he finds his son. I sure hope he makes it. There's one dedicated father, if you ask me. journey to find his son and we hear at the end he says that's a dedicated father and how cool is that um, Marlin crosses the ocean he fights off sharks I guess he bombs them in that case um, he encounters danger because he wants to bring his son home he wants to do whatever it takes 
to the ends of the ocean to find his lost son. And how cool is it that we have a good dad like that, that's willing to go across the ocean to the ends of earth to bring us back home. I think that's so cool. Um, and we see in this passage, if we look at it in this parable, the shepherd didn't scold the sheep, right? He could have been like, you dumb Larry, what are you doing? Why are you wandering again? I just had to go get you last week, and now you're out there again. But instead, he is so kind and tender, and he brings that sheep that's broken, that's scared, that um, is hurt, and puts it on his shoulders, and he carries them all the way home. Do you guys know how heavy sheep are? They're pretty heavy. They can be up to 350 pounds. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of pounds to put on. <laughs> Maybe later. If you could water it, that'd be great. Um, it's not an easy task, right? But that's what a good shepherd, that's what a good dad does. He takes the broken, and he's tender, and he brings it home. And we see the end of the story that the shepherd couldn't contain his excitement for finding his lost sheep. He gathered his friends, he celebrated, um, and they had a party. They were rejoicing that this lost sheep, the one out of the 99, is back in the flock. Um, and we can see in this parable that there is so much rejoicing in heaven when one lost person is found, when one lost person comes back to Jesus or comes to Jesus for the first time. Um, and there is rejoicing that is greater than the 99 self-righteous people who didn't think that they are sinners in need of the grace that Jesus offers. Um, so I don't know about you all, but I am so thankful that when I was lost that Jesus found me. There have been times that I have strayed away from him, but I'm so grateful that he didn't abandon me there. He didn't leave me there, um, and he kindly brought me back into his flock. He loved me so much that he died on the cross to reconcile me to the Father, and the same goes for each of you. You might have a story, um, you might have a journey, um, but we all know what it feels like um, when we feel lost, whether that's physically or um, spiritually. So whether you feel lost and are looking for Jesus to meet you, or you, you have followed Jesus and have strayed away, or you find yourselves like the Pharisees who lost sight of Jesus' mission of seeking the lost and, and forgetting what it's like to be found, there is grace. There is grace and love for every single person, each of you. And Jesus never gives up on anybody. He never gives up on someone who walks away, no matter how many others he has back at home, by his side. He still loves and misses and wants the lost one to return. Jesus isn't upset because he knows it's in our nature, just like the sheep, to get lost. And he is the good shepherd that loves each and every one of you. So we're going to sum up a little bit about what we learned, and then we're going to look at a few truths that we can carry this week as we think about this parable. So the first couple of things that we learned from this parable, if you don't remember anything I've said about Lost Larry, these are some things that we've talked about. So Jesus, our good shepherd, pursues us when we are lost or stray away from following him. Every single person matters to him, and there is rejoicing in heaven when one lost person is found. So those are some things we've learned and some truths that I hope you guys um, can think about in small group and think about this week are God loves you more than you can imagine. You are always welcome to his flock, and God never gives up on you. And I encourage you guys, if you have any questions 
um, you feel lost or you're looking for um, to know more about Jesus, talk to your leaders, talk to anybody on staff. We would love to talk with you um, more about this. So I'm going to pray us out, and then we can go to small groups. Um, dear Jesus, God, thank you that we um, can come together, that we can um, have fun and play games, um, and also dive into your word, um, so we can learn about your parables, learn about the truths that you have for us. Um, and God, I thank you that you love us so, so much, um, that you're willing to go to the ends of the earth um, to bring us home, um, that there is grace no matter where we find ourselves, um, no matter if we strayed away um, or we feel lost, that you pursue us. Um, that we are invited into your family, um, and that we um, can be a part of your kingdom. And God, I pray that these um, conversations in small group would um, just be fruitful, that they would um, just encourage each other, and that um, you would just speak through each and every person. Um, and I pray that we'd have a good week. Amen.